welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. At the start of a new year, there's just no one better who could come and open the Word of God to us than Bill Kuzak, who is the leader of this congregation, does a brilliant job. Uh, probably you turn up on a Sunday and you, you see Bill doing his thing week in, week out, uh, leading meetings, preaching. But in between, uh, he, he pastors so many people, he cares for so many people. There's all sorts of stories unfolding in the life of this church. And uh, most of the work is behind the scenes. And Bill is just utterly brilliant. At, at, at visiting and loving people and, and supporting people, often in very difficult times. And he's, he's someone of great prayer. Uh, if you follow Bill on Instagram, which I encourage you to do, uh, you'll often see pictures from his morning uh, walks as he gets out and, and just spends time with the Lord Jesus. Bill's someone who uh, talks with the Lord, walks with the Lord, and listens to the Lord. He hears the Lord in an amazing way, and we just love him dearly. He's absolutely brilliant. So uh, could we just put our hands together and, and welcome Bill Kuzak. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. It's great to see you. Did everyone have a good Christmas? Yes? Good. I don't know about you, but I uh, finished Christmas feeling both rested and tired at the same time. Don't quite know how that works, but anyway. Um, and I don't know what you started this year feeling or thinking. I don't know if last year was really tough. And part of you couldn't wait to get to the 1st of January, kind of fresh, clean start, new year, all the rest of it. Or for other people, last year was brilliant. And you're like, I hope this year is as good as that one was, because that was pre-epic. So wherever you are, um, happy new year. And what, what, what I make my practice to do at the start of every year is just to pray and to say, Lord, what's your verse for the year uh, for me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share that with you because I think the word for me is actually a word for us. So uh, the reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. And this is what Jesus says. You are the lights of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine, that people may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. I don't know if you've ever thought about light before. It moves at 186,000 miles a second. It is a forward-moving, active force, so to speak. 
And Jesus says, you are the lights of the world. In John's gospel, John starts his gospel by saying, the light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There you are. So I don't know if you've ever thought about light. I, I don't think a lot about light. I remember when I was at school, I had this physics teacher who used to talk about light and light waves, and he made satellite dishes in, with dustbin lids. So what he said made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Um, but um, light, the word in the New Testament that was originally written for light is this word called phos. Uh, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and, uh, and the word is phos. And phos is what we get the word photograph from. So phos means a like image, an exact image. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, he's saying you are phos, you are my representation in the world. You remember later on, he says in... Uh, uh, John 8:12 he said I am the light of the world and because he is the light of the world and he lives in us we are the light of the world now I don't know about you I don't feel like the light of the world I don't feel like a light in the world I don't know what light even feels like, apart from when it's a really bright one and it shines in your face and either blinds you or is really hot to your skin. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that he says we are the light of the world. So if Jesus says we are the light of the world because he is the light of the world. How do we maintain this light shining in the world? Well, the first thing is, on the one hand, we don't have to, because we are, he says, it's not if you do these things, you become the light of the world. He said, if you, he doesn't say, if you pray loads and you give all your money away and you spend yourself with other people, you will, be, you, you will be the light of the world. He says, before they've done anything, you are the light of the world because I am the light of the world and I am in you. However, there are things that we can do that bring into focus and sharpen that light. What are those things that we can do? We all know them. But at the start of the year, it's worth thinking, if, we are going to, if I am going to be light in the world this year, if you are going to be light in the world this year, are there certain things that might help your light shine even more brightly? Sorry, that's my phone telling me that it can't connect to the internet. Um, some of the ways that we might help that light grow stronger. Spending time in the presence of Jesus. Spending time in the presence of God. You remember the stories of Moses in the Old Testament. And he would come out of being in the presence of the Lord. And his face would shine so brightly that people said, Can you? they made him put a veil over his face. Because the, the, the light was so bright, it almost scared them. As he spent time in the presence of God, he became more light. 
as we spend time in the presence of Jesus, we become more light. Our light begins to shine more brightly. And then Jesus, do you remember, when he's transfigured with his friends, Peter, James, and John, he shines with this bright light, the presence of God that's surrounded by a cloud in the, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. A cloud is a picture of God's presence. So the presence of God falls strongly in Jesus. Light just explodes out of him because that's what happens when we're surrounded by the presence of the one who is light. We become like the people we spend time with. I don't know how much you've thought about that. I've thought about that quite a lot recently. Who am I spending my time? Who do I want to be like? So who do I need to spend more time with? And conversely, um, who are the people, what are the things that I maybe need to spend less time around if I want my light to shine? We'll all know people and there's something about them. They carry this light in such an extraordinary way. And we want to be around them. We'll make it your mission this year to be around those people and then to be that kind of person to other people. To be that light. So, as we spend time, so the first thing is we can spend time praying in the presence of Jesus. What about downloading the new app, Let's Show 360, that Pete talked about? Not only do you get to, to go through that for the year, but you get Pete doing it. Well, I turned it on the other morning, it was Pete. So I had my quiet time with Pete, which was a slightly surreal experience, but lovely uh, nonetheless. See if you can recognize some of the voices on that. Or you could use the Inner Room app. This amazing way to help you pray as you think and pray uh, about other things, other people. There are various other tools. Every day with Jesus, there's all sorts of other um, things that help us be in the presence of Jesus. And I want to take the guilt trip off everybody here. Some people are really uh, accustomed to spending time in the presence of God, spending time in prayer. Others of us are less so. Some of us feel quite guilty about it quite often. I had this conversation with someone recently, and he said, um, I don't think I'm spending enough time with Jesus. And I said, how much time is enough? And he said, I, I don't really know, but I feel like probably more. And I said, and when you spend more time with Jesus, what will happen then? He said, I don't know. I said, you'll be telling me you don't think you're spending enough time with Jesus. However much time we spend, what I'm not saying is don't spend time with Jesus. But what I'm saying is we need to get over our guilt. Because guilt is actually what stops us spending any time in the presence of Jesus. We think, I'm so rubbish at this. I don't know how to do this. And so we don't do it at all. Or we think, I didn't do it yesterday. I didn't do it the day before. And he has a couple of minutes, you know, on the train the day before that or whatever it is. Any time is good time. Because any time with God is good time. And God doesn't think about time in the same way that we do. When I was a teacher, kids used to say to me, is this a good essay? And I'd say, what do you mean? They go, is it long enough? 
And I said, it's not a long essay that makes a good essay. A good essay is a good essay because it's got everything that it needs in it, whether it's short or whether it's long. A good time in prayer is not necessarily a long time. It's about the quality of the time, how aware we are of the presence of Jesus, how aware we are of what he's saying to us as we read our Bibles, how aware we are of what he might be saying about those people around us. And as we do those things, the light begins to, it's like the volume. If light had a volume, the, temp, well, the temperature of the light increases. So as we spend time with him, as we spend time with other people, as we spend time in worship, that light, just the temperature increases and we become uh, more light. As a church, we're called to be light in this place but we're called to be light wherever we are. Whether you like it or not, you are a lighthouse. You are a walking lighthouse. We've got all sorts of plans, for, which we'll be hearing about. I really want to encourage you to come to family business meeting uh, next Saturday. It's going to be amazing. Some really, really exciting things happening. Don't want to... Uh, and no spoilers. But... We are all a lighthouse. <laughs> Make of that what you will. We're all lighthouses. And we're called, of course, to make a difference in this town. But you know what I realized recently? Was that um, oftentimes we... I think sometimes we can give you a little bit of a hard time. You know, can you volunteer for this? Can you volunteer for that? Can you help us with this? As a church leadership, our primary responsibility isn't to help you fulfill our ministry, our primary responsibility is to help you and enable you live out yours. And your ministry, for most of you, for most of us, uh, is not in church. It is at the school gates, it's in your office, it's on your train, it's in your family, it's with your friends, it's in your community. It's wherever you are. Because you're a lighthouse, you carry the light wherever you go whether you realize it or not. So what are the, some of the, how are some of the ways that you can be an even more powerful lighthouse than you already are? I know some of you are doing extraordinary things in your places of work, uh, in your family, raising your kids, uh, in your social lives. What are the, some of the things that you could do. Well, I just want to suggest you a couple of ways that we can be more light. Now, I know Pete, if you follow Pete on uh, social media, he talked this year about, he had these two words, courage and kindness. If you want to know how to be a brighter light, you could start by being kind. You know, often we want these, we, we think, what is this one thing that I can do with my life? Well, I, as far as I understand it, uh, Jesus said, follow me and die. And the rest of it is kind of detail. Your purpose in life is to follow Jesus and let his light shine wherever you are. And we often think, what are the big things that we can do? I'm a sort of big gesture kind of guy, not literally sort of... But um, I'm a sort of, you know, I'm a sort of grand gesture type person. If I, if I, when I met Nikki, you know, she said, I like that thing, so I go and buy it for her because if she, you know, and she was just saying she liked it. She wasn't saying, can you buy it for me? So now she doesn't say she likes them. So that's nice. Um, 
but I'm a big gesture person, so I often want to show people in big, extravagant ways. Let's do the small things well. Now, the people that I know, I don't know all of you as well as I would like, but most of you in here are extraordinarily kind. And kindness is often, it's a bit like when someone says someone's nice. Nice is a biscuit. <laughs> kind is, as, you know, kind is... But we all know when we have encountered real kindness. All of us can think, think of a time just quickly now, just when was the last time you experienced real kindness? What did that do to you? How did that impact your life? How could you be more kind to someone? Whether it's just saying, hey, I noticed you look a little, you know, you look a little bit under the weather, is everything okay? Someone struggling at work saying, are you, are you okay with everything? Can I help? Buying someone a coffee and leaving it anonymously or not on their desk. Writing someone a little note saying, just I appreciate this about you. I buy people books, and I buy people books because um, my life was radically changed by one book that somebody gave me when I was 12. He came to stay at my house, and he gave, gave me this book called Hell's Angel by Brian Greenaway. And I wasn't interested in faith. Uh, it took me, a, you know, that, but that was, I look back, and that was a marker on the journey. I read that book, and it started me sort of, being open to the idea of God. Uh, so I, I give people books, and some people think it's a little bit weird. I don't. It's me. Take it or leave it. Read it or not. But um, it was brought home to me um, a while ago because um, uh, at the last place I worked, um, someone, did, someone sort of went out their way to do something really that you know, helped me. And so I thought, I'm going to buy them this book that had really impacted me. Um, so it's Live, um, um, Live Like Horses by um, Eugene Peterson. And so I just left it on their desk with a note saying, thanks, I really appreciate you know, what you did. Um, and didn't think any more about it. And I happened to sit there. Fast forward four years, and I bumped into this person. And they said, do you remember that book that you gave me? And I had to think for a little bit. And she said, well, to be honest, I thought it was a bit weird when you, gave, when you left it on my desk. She said, no, I forgot about it for ages, and I was having a really tough time. And I pulled out that book, and it saved my life. Small little thing. Didn't cost me pretty much anything. These small little, what are, the, what are the ways that you can be kind? What are the things that you can do that just punch holes, pierce holes in darkness? Maybe it's when everyone else is in a frantic rush. You know, we've got, we live in, I've talked about this before, we live in a place, in a time where busyness is currency. How are you? I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. I don't want my life to be busy. It might be full on, but I'm not going to use the word busy because it doesn't validate me and it doesn't validate you how busy you are. It just means you're busy. But in all the hubbub and the craziness, what about being the person who takes time to spot someone, checks they're okay, makes that call. Don't assume that everybody else is doing the thing that you've thought of. They probably aren't. You know, it's amazing how um, 
oftentimes I've assumed when someone's having a difficult time that everyone else has, someone else has got, got them, got that, got that situation. And it's only when I step into I realize that actually everyone did for about five minutes. And that was an amazing five minutes, but they're now 15 minutes in, so to speak. And actually kind of everyone else has kind of moved on and they're still where they are. And there are some people here who are extraordinary at that, at picking people up when everyone else has kind of feel like, rightly or wrongly, that they've done their bit. Let's be people who do that. That's how we let our light shine. What about the person who arrives new in the office? And it's not your responsibility to take them out for a coffee, but you decide to do that anyway. What about the uh, single parent at the school gates? You know, everyone else is kind of stood in a little circle talking, and they're on their own. Who's going to be the person who walks and starts talking to them? It could be you. could save a life. What about the person who's having a really difficult time with one of their kids? You know, what if you were the person who said, why don't, I take, why don't I take them out for an afternoon? Give the parent a little bit of, parents a little bit of respite. Maybe think of that as an opportunity to invest. And as you do that, you pierce the darkness. You become light. The light shines. Maybe you think, do you know what? I've talked all about how much I care about social transformation. I'm actually going to do something this year. I'm going to volunteer to help at the lighthouse because I really care about those people who are on the fringes and on the margins. Because I don't know about you, I talk about things a lot. I very rarely do anything with it. What if we be those people who actually say, you know, this year I'm going to be light, and that means I'm going to make some decisions about how I spend my time, how I spend my money, who I spend my time with. What about being the person who gives someone who's made a mistake the benefit of the doubt? Who decides that actually Jesus, they're going to change the narrative? And it may be, even if someone has done something extraordinarily stupid, they don't do it because they think it's extraordinarily stupid. There's always a reason. So what about being the person who says, I'm going to punch, pierce the darkness, and I'm going to start trying to understand why that person did that? and check that they're okay. One of my friends was telling me a story about they were in their office and someone had just royally messed up, you know, just got way behind and just messed up this project. And the boss, the, the sort of the, the person's line manager just went nuts because really what they're thinking is this reflects on me. But my, my friend who was this person's boss just went to the person and said, um, I just want to check you're okay. Are you okay? Because I just noticed you're, you know, you've been a little bit... You've been struggling a little bit. And I, I know that that's reflected in some of your work. And you, we both know that's reflected in some of your work. How can I help you? And this, this, she said this person's performance just kind of went through the roof. Because someone hadn't just given them a telling off, but had taken the time to be kind and to ask them how they could help. It takes a little bit more time. It's a little bit more inconvenient. But that's what being light is. That is what being light is. It's sometimes it's giving up your parking space. I was at um, Notcuts, which is just near where we live, and there's this, um, uh, someone had parked in the disabled bay, that, and there was a, you know, there's someone who was disabled, couldn't find anywhere to park. So I was about to park, so I just wound down my window and said, hey, I was going to park here, do you want my space? It just meant I had to drive around for a little bit longer, but this person at least had a space. Just as well I didn't find the person who parked in the space, but I may not have been quite so kind to them. 
opportunities to be kind. And sometimes that takes extraordinary courage. It is not easy to be the person who walks across the playground. It's not easy to be the person who makes a stand in the office. It's not easy to be kind sometimes. It requires courage. So I want to finish by asking you a question. How are you going to let your light shine this year? There's a lovely story of Alfred Lord Tennyson. When he was young, he was very sick. Sorry, Robert Louis Stevenson, sorry, who was very sick when he was young and um, had all sorts of problems with pneumonia and lung conditions. And his um, nanny found him with his face pressed against a glass window in a cold winter's night. And she said, Charge, you must come away from there. He was mesmerized by the person lighting lamps. He said, look, there's someone out there piercing the darkness. There's someone out here. There's someone up there who can pierce the darkness. We can respond in just a minute. of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father who is in heaven that they may see your good deeds and praise your father who's in heaven see when we choose to be light people notice there's a lot of darkness around. Sometimes feels that there's a lot of people with not a lot of hope. Sometimes the people we think are fine actually are surrounded by darkness. There's a lot of uncertainty. feels like the world's shaking. And when you choose kindness, when you choose compassion, when you choose courage, you shine a light. And people see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Maybe it leads to a conversation or an invitation or a discussion where you talk about why you're light 
whose light you reflect. So I'm going to ask us to respond. Uh, most of us have mobile dev devices in our pockets. I want us to stand, please, if that's all right. I'm going to say a prayer. And when you've, I want you to think, how can you be light? Not necessarily in a big way, but in a small way. How can you be light this year? And when you've thought about that, I want you to turn your torch on your phone on. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are, Jesus is the light of the world, and because he lives in us, we have the privilege of being light. Lord, we want to be people who don't just pierce, but punch holes in the darkness. So would you speak to us about the big ways and the small ways that we can do that? And just when you're ready, you turn your light on. You may feel like you only have a little light. When the words of the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And Father, as each light goes on, let that be the start of a prayer that works itself out in real ways with real people. In Jesus' name.